Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Super Serious Dog Podcast. I'm your host, Misha Bielitsky, um, with Courtney Cuellar, and we also have another guest for you guys today, Chad Mackin. Welcome, Chad. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for agreeing to uh, talk to us. Um, So, Chad, I usually do an icebreaker question, and um, you're uh, going to be victim to it as well. Okay. Break up, break up with your dog, right? So imagine you had to break up with your dog. How would you let them down easy? Huh. That's a tough one. Um, you know what? My dog is so well loved by everybody. I would just, let her, I would just let her pick somebody else to go live with. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, the, like, there's plenty of fish in the sea. You're, you're going to be like, better. You're going to find someone better. <laughs> I would just like, you know, like she'll, she get in any, she would get into anybody's car, I think. So <laughs> <laughs> what, kind, she, what kind of dog is she? She's a mutt. Like I found her in a parking lot many years ago. And I thought that I found a Malinois puppy. I was like, Oh, oh cool. shit. Right. And, and I mean, I, I looked for her owners, but you know, but nobody was, I mean, it was far away from where I lived. I was an hour away from home when I found her, you know, but, uh, uh, but I was thinking, Oh, cool. Malinois. This is awesome. And then I took her to the vet and they're like, Oh no, she's fully grown. It's like, oh. <laughs> so, so she's Darn. like, uh, yeah, she's like a miniature Malinois collar. Um, she's, uh, She's, she's, she like, she makes friends everywhere she goes. That's the thing. Like, cause if I were to die, like there'd be fistfights over who got to inherit her. I think yeah. you know, it's, like everybody loves her. She's, she's sweet. That's the word to describe her. Like she's yeah. not drivey. She's not, she's just a sweet dog. And, uh, she's awesome. And she's, I just, she's perfect for my lifestyle. That's right. Cool. That's awesome. That yeah. sounds like my little dog, Nelson. Uh, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, if anything <laughs> ever happens to me, people are going to fight over him. And any, uh-huh. anytime I go out of town, I'm like, hey, can anybody watch any of my dogs? And everybody's always like, I'll watch Nelson. But everyone, <laughs> everyone wants to watch Nelson. Not the other fuckheads. <laughs> hey, that's not true. I said Nelson or Pepper or Ruka. So that's I gave true. you options. That's true. You did. <laughs> <laughs> um, was she, Chad, was your dog, was she already like, super sweet and awesome kind of like right off the bat or did you have to do put a lot of work into her to get her that way no i had to put some work into her like she had uh she was fearful of strangers and she had some pretty serious separation anxiety which is probably how she came to be loose like somebody Mm -hmm. probably stuck her in her backyard and she panicked and dug her way out and you know um she didn't have any collar or any identification identification so she may have been dumped Oh, but again, the separation anxiety might've been the, the deal breaker where they dumped her. I really don't know, but, uh, um, she was, she was definitely skittish around strangers and you would have, like, if you were to meet her now, you wouldn't believe me when I told you that and same thing yeah, with separation totally. anxiety. Like, like, uh, I mean, she goes everywhere with me. Like if the weather's good enough, I leave her in the car. I can leave her in the car, go into a store for an hour. And she's just sleeps on the, on the seat. She got a little bed. She's my co-pilot. She got a little bed on the passenger seat. And, uh, so cute. she just, she just curls up in there, rides there. And, uh, you know, she's just like, she, she's a, she's a real easy companion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Does she, um, she ever help you like assess dogs and things like that? Yeah. She pretty dogs. Not really. Or? 
I mean, yeah, she is like, like there was a time where I could tell you honestly that I believe she was probably the most well socialized dog in the world because, uh, she would, you know, when I was running socials, uh, when I was still in Texas, I was running socials every week mm-hmm. and, uh, Oh, and like several a week, three or four a week. And there were different groups. Like, cause it was like, so like a lot of places do socials, like Dick Russell, he would have a Saturday morning social and like everybody came right. Mine were after my group classes. So I had one Saturday social, which was a pretty steady, steady group, but I had Tuesdays and Thursday nights, which were after the group classes. So pretty much every nine weeks or so we got a new batch of dogs in that group. Right. Right. And so she was, so she met a lot more new dogs than most dogs would who are doing socials. Right. So, mm-hmm. so I, but you know, then when I, when I moved to Illinois, um, uh, she didn't come to work with me every day. Um, and so she wasn't always in the socials uh, after after class. So she got she got daycare when she came. So she does. She's still real real good with dogs, and she's still sure. like she still reads dogs real well. But uh, you know she's old now, and she's retired. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I never like I'm very impressed with her ability to de-escalate situations, and also with her ability to. Uh, um, to defend herself, to, to defend her space without creating chaos. Like, like she can say, Hey, back the fuck up without, yeah, without, without another dog going, Hey, that was wrong. Like she, I've never seen her start a fight. I've never seen her, you know, um, uh, she's a, she did she's a, a fair communicator. Like she gets her point yeah. across and doesn't take it too far. Yeah. 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 She, she, yeah, and I've seen I've seen another dog that was maybe her equal at that, but he was real over the top. Uh, but he he would do this thing where he would come into another dog's space real assertively, but he'd do a lot of he'd offer a lot of appeasement behaviors while he mm. did that. You know, he'd lower his head and you know kind of bow his body a little bit, but he would come in like a like a you know bat out of hell. But again, it, it, I I mistook him for being really skilled at it. But he wasn't. He was just. He just. He. He was. He literally. He had no confidence, and so he was policing the room because he had no confidence. Right. And so he was trying to say, "Please don't kill me," but I got to make you stop this. Yeah. Right? Totally. And right. Right. It worked really well, but as he got more confident, he stopped policing the room. Right. Yep. So makes sense. Became it was all. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So he turned out to be, I thought he was a a great like little helper turned out not to be, but it took (laughs) me like like, for three months I was correcting him thinking he was being a a, a bully before I figured out, no, he's telling me who the problem dogs in this room are. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, Yeah. Totally. It's it's, uh, so interesting. I love, I love dog social and, you know, reading their body language and watching all those conversations. um, Cause I learn learn so much about communication through them because they're Mm -hmm. just, they're just getting their point across. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I do want to come back and kind of dive into socials um, because I think that's something that is greatly misunderstood by a lot of people, like average pet owners. I'm, I'm sure you guys would agree with that as well. People who um, think their dog is an alpha. <laughs> right. Or like, oh, they're just playing. That happened to be on a hike this morning, but we'll come back to that. But Chad, go ahead. Um, tell our listeners a little bit about your background. Oh, like, yeah, how'd you yeah. get into dogs? Cool. How long? Tell you... them who you are. Tell them why it's yeah. so amazing that you're on our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, well I, like I told you guys before, Start. I'm just this guy. I've been training dogs for you know almost 30 years now, and uh, but uh, I, I took my first contract to tra- train a dog in March of 1993. 
Wow. And, uh, I was in elementary school. I dude. was in elementary. <laughs> I was learning how to write 1993 in 1993. <laughs> so that's amazing. Well, yeah. I, I bet you I was, I bet you I was still writing 1992 a lot then. So, um, <laughs> totally. Um, but it, it's been it, it, from that. I mean, I started very old school, you know, very much, you know, choke collars prong collars and and not in the not in the more enlightened way that someone would use a prong collar now like to motivate and to you know key the dog up but basically it was it was i'm going to tell you to sit and you're going to put your butt on the ground yeah don't put your butt on the ground i'm gonna make it hurt till you do like that was that was kind of the way i was taught to do it and and i've been thinking about doing a series on my own podcast uh, of of things I wished I would have learned earlier. Mm, I like but, that. I love that. What's the name but of your podcast? Pro- Not that I don't know it, but it's, plug, plug it's, yourself. it's something to bark about. And such uh, a cute name. Yeah. I, 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 it just, it just came to me. Like, so we did the dog training conversations with J Jack for, you know, mm-hmm. years and, and, and I, I still miss that. And, you know, uh, I'm still sad that it, that it ended. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, it was, it was so much fun and it was such a, it was such a good podcast. And, and uh, like, I, I don't listen to my own podcast now. Yeah. Like, I don't listen to it now, but that podcast, I listened to every episode, like after it was, after it was, you know, uploaded, I would sit back, I would listen to it with, with people. Cause I enjoyed it. Cause you know, Jay and I would have this great conversational flow mm-hmm. and, and I would miss things because maybe I'm, I'm I'm looking something up because he said something I want to check or I would miss things. I listen back. Oh, wow. That was really kind of cool. And every once in a while, and you're not supposed to say things like this, but every once in a while I would startle myself and go, wow, that was, that sounded really good. <laughs> <laughs> I said that. Wow. That's, that's pretty smart. Like, um, um, but when Jay said he wanted to end that because he wanted to focus on his dog sport that he's creating, mm-hmm. um, it was it was crushing to me. It was it was really it was really hard, but you know his this is his passion, and I want him yeah. to pursue his passion for sure. And you know, like 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 we're still good. Like we're still like like, like there's no awkwardness at all. Like sure. we still talk talk pretty regularly. As a matter of fact, I just put out a podcast last week because he sent me a text message. Dude, record your fucking podcast. <laughs> like, nice. I miss it. <laughs> nice. And, and, and so it's like, so like I've, I've been kind of like, like I haven't been doing much lately. I've, I, I've been working a lot. Like there's been a lot going on in my world, a lot of, 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 of training wise. And I'm developing a lot of cool things right now. Yeah. But I kind of stepped away from the limelight a little bit. Right? Totally. Like, like uh, I, I've just been putting my head down and working with my dogs right now. It, it, there's so many voices now in the dog mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. There's so many voices and there's so many good voices. Like there's a lot of people that everybody should be listening to. And there's a lot of people that nobody should be listening to, but I'll stay away <laughs> from that side of it. Um, there's so many good voices out there for people to be listening to. At some point in time, you feel like you start to go, am I really, is, is my voice really that necessary? Is, is, is my voice really that important with all these other great voices out there? You know, um, I'm so, it's so cool that Ivan is now being, you know, putting his stuff out there mm-hmm. in a more public way. Yep. And like, like if, if people can go listen to Ivan or listen to me, like they don't, 
they don't need to be listening to me. You know? I, I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know, Chad, your stuff has been pretty impactful. And, and I know yeah. this because not only have I seen, you know, plenty of your stuff in my learning process, but I've had, I've been working with dogs in front of other trainers and they've been like, Oh, did you learn that from Chad Mackin? And honestly, I didn't learn it from you. Um, but they know who you are and they identified whatever technique I was doing as the Chad Mackin way. And it was like, it was really cute for that to happen. Um, Good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you just kind of made my day because I will tell you something. I have uh, in my most uh, lucid moments when I'm in, at my best self, and somebody asks me what how I will know I've succeeded as in this industry or what my goal would be. Like like I've always said that I'd like to walk into a dog training facility in twenty. I always say twenty years, whatever it is. Like so, twenty right. years ago, I would have said twenty years ago. Now right. I still say twenty years, but I like to walk into a dog training facility in twenty years. And see some kid working with a dog, doing my stuff. And I go, where did you learn that? He goes, what do you mean? It's just how you do it. Right. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. like absolutely. When your stuff becomes ubiquitous with dog training, as opposed to this is, you know, uh, Chad's way or Jay's way or Bart's it's way or Ivan's way. The way, the way that works. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, that's like, I've been thinking a lot. Oh guys, you guys got me on all you're getting me on rabbit holes. Uh, (laughs) We love rabbit holes. I've been thinking a lot today about how fundamentally egotistical dog training is. Like at its very base. Right. Uh, I, I, I've been aware of this for a long time, but I've always said it like dog trainers are control freaks by nature. That's what gets us into the, like we, we choose a career where we get to create situations where other beings do our bidding. That is what we choose to do for a living. That is a very control freak behavior. And so I, I got a lot of stuff I'm working on right now and it's, I'm really excited about it. I don't want to give away too much about it cause it's not ready for dispersal yet. Right. But, but I've been really, one of the things that has been rattling around in my head for a couple of years now is the idea of, um, people bring us dogs that are super, super committed to behaviors that they don't want them to be committed to. Right. They jump, they pull on the leash, they chase game, whatever the behavior is. Right. And these behaviors persist in the face of constant attempts to punish them away. Mm -hmm. Right. They keep persisting. And what is about those behaviors? Why? Because like, imagine if you will, uh, you could, you could, now nobody should ever, ever, ever do this to their dog, but imagine you could, right? You train a dog to sit, right? You train him to sit through all the various means you do. And then you do sit and he sits and you give him a monster correction. Like I'm talking old school, straight up off the ground, right? And then you tell him to sit again and he sits with the exact same intensity or more than before you corrected him. Like you, I, you can't do that. But owners do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Dog jumps up and they give them the, the hardest correction they can and the dog doesn't even slow down, does it right, right again right away, right? right? Where does that come from? Where does that come from? Where is that intensity or that commitment to come from? So a couple of things that I forgot real quickly. Uh, number one, there's got to be a repeatable pattern, a mm-hmm. recognizable pattern that repeats consistently enough the dog can learn it, right? All learning this pattern recognition, right? Mm-hmm. The next thing about that is that pattern has to be 
relevant to the dog. It has to matter. The outcome has to matter. That's why your dog doesn't care if you go grab a towel and go into the bathroom. But if you grab a dog towel and go to the bathroom, they know something's up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, like that pattern is relevant to them. Another thing is that there has to be some degree of uh, scarcity to, to the event, right? Right. It, right? it has to happen. It has to have like, like if it happens all day, every day, a dog who lives in a house where people are literally in and out all day long, doesn't jump doesn't on care all about the people. Who, yeah. Right. Exactly. It's got to be sort of a, a, a special event and the dog can't have control over when that event starts. Right. Right. Gotta be but, exciting. Well, but, but here's the thing that, that took me the longest time to figure out. Like all those were pretty quick. Uh, like I just started, mm-hmm. but this is the one, all of those things are the dog's idea first. Nobody tells the dog jump up on me. Mm-hmm. He jumps up and then people reward it inadvertently. And he goes, Oh, that was a good idea. And they take ownership of it because it was their idea. Mm-hmm. Right. And I posted something today on Facebook. that said, it's much easier to convince a dog that he's right. Than to convince him that you're right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And, and that's where I'm headed is setting up training scenarios where I'm convincing the dog where the dog's getting the idea. And I'm just going, Hey, that was a great idea. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's right. I am really smart. Yeah. Oh my that's God. It's like a, like a fluid shaping or something, you know, yes. like a, like a that's, more fluid on the go as things arise, you, you, you capitalize on moments that present themselves to you. And then you just reward the shit out of the dog in whatever there's, way there's, is meaningful. There's a whole lot of stuff that's going into this and it's, it's all been very organic. Yeah. And, uh, and so as a matter of fact, I described it to somebody the other night as a, it's like, it's like, it's like shaping, but for known behaviors. Yeah. Because, because I'm not teaching this way. This is, this is like, I, I'm using less pressure to proof and I'm getting yeah. more uh, faster results by using less pressure to proof. Like it's, it's really, it's really cool what's going on. And it's, it's all, it's all formed organically, but I recognize it because I've been kicking this in, around in my head for a long time. It's the dog's idea is the one he's going to buy into the most. Like, yes. so if my, oh my gosh, sorry, if I've, the dog, I've been thinking like, I haven't had the words, but like in, in, a, in the occasional <laughs> lesson, I have been able to spit out the words and then like not remember them after I leave the lesson and be like, I think I was really onto something, but you know how dog trainer brains mm-hmm. are and you're like okay but now i have to and blah, you know um but yeah like that's, you explaining it i'm like yeah, yeah that like it, if it's the dog's idea it sticks so much better um mm-hmm. and if you can just kind of work those situations and then make it the dog's idea and then reward that the dog's like yeah of course this is what i'm gonna do so so let me tell you how this came to be and this will kind of give me an idea where i'm pointed like because I, I do intend to start putting out real content on this and and one of the things is because of the virtual program that we're doing right now at, uh um our virtual program program is different from other people like this is the first time i've done a zoom i don't do skype lessons i don't do zoom like and, and by the way as a compliment i've avoided zoom because of privacy and security issues and uh i plan on deleting it as soon as i get off this call with you guys but, <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't blame you at all we have uh, been um, through some issues and my husband is like on his toes to make sure that like everything is ship shape because yeah. he's very uh particular about that kind of stuff as well yeah. so but but uh what we do is dogs are dropped off in the morning they come in, they get daycare, dogs are social, get daycare, but we train them, right? Uh, uh, we train them during the day, but the owners aren't there, but it's like a private lesson. Cause I set up my iPad on a tripod in the corner and I bought a wide angle lens for it. Nice. Right? And, uh, and then I teach to the camera, like the owners there, right? I just 
go through the whole lesson. And so what this is, is as I'm developing this stuff, I'm, I'm giving a narration, like I'm giving a narration of everything I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And a lot of times I'm flying by see my pants. A lot of times I'm, I'm experimenting on the fly. Like what happens if I do this? Let's see. But so I'm, I'm recording. I can go back and look at the recordings of what I said about this before. And I can, and I take, and I'm also taking a lot more notes than I've ever taken in my life about what happened in this yeah. session, what I like and what I don't yeah. like. And that's cause I'm old and my brain is getting all fucked up and I forget honestly, shit. No, it's, it's a great idea. Cause like, honestly, when I had like very strict lesson plans to follow and, and certain things I just had to cover with every client, no matter what, you know, with some exceptions, like it was, it was fine. And now I'm kind of finding myself like, well, I'm kind of making everything up as I go or, or only doing the things that are pertinent to, to the clients and that's in front of me. And like, honestly, when you showed me that picture, um, when we were chatting the other day of like your, what, what you had come up with that day, like your notes, I was like, man, that's a great idea. And I, I actually, I just took the spiral out of the room so I could have like a clean desk before this, but I like went and dug up a spiral and I started doing the same thing. Cause like, I I've gotten, I forced myself to be more like better at taking notes digitally on drive. So then I have it for, you know, so I can manipulate it and send it to clients more easily. I don't have to retype it, but like some, there's something about writing with pen and paper that like my brain just clicks so much better. There's actually um, science behind that. Right. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Writing yeah. it down matters. Yeah. That's, yep. that's yep. why I like, that's why I make lists and I write down goals and yep. you write down steps towards goals. Cause it makes it, makes it real and it makes it in your brain for real mm-hmm. it's been a it's been a journey for me because like as far as that goes i have actually been very very consciously working on my penmanship because nice. i because like 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 if i had taken that picture of that of that page that i sent you before <laughs> like you wouldn't have been able to read it like right. uh and i'm and every day i'm assessing and i get mad when i make a like a sloppily formed letter i go oh that sucks and i'm, I'm really trying to pr- incorporate the, the the concepts of deep practice into my penmanship mm-hmm. and i'm starting to feel be a point where i'm actually kind of proud of my writing like yeah, every like today awesome. i was writing well, that looks good that looks really good but yeah. yeah there isn't there is an encoding that happens more when you write by hand than because mm-hmm. because you're because you're translating the letters physically each time as opposed yeah. to just pressing them a keystroke right um like there is a lot of science behind it but the thing i wanted to say was like like and this is what started it that that what i sent you is what started it. so i'm working with this this uh american bulldog named sully and sully is deaf okay and so uh i don't i'm not a huge I, I, I love the e-collar as a tool i don't do it with the most dogs like it's not my favorite tool like like it's sure and there's a lot of reasons for that that i'm not going to really go into it but i'm certainly not anti e-collar in any sense of the any sense of the word like not even a little bit. I think it's a great tool, but uh, obviously for the deaf dog, e-collar makes a lot of sense, right? So you know, I can communicate with him when he's not looking at me and things like that. Real, real quick, why is that, Chad? For our listeners who may not, why is an e-collar a good tool for a deaf dog? Well, because I can, ta- I can, I can, I can get his attention with a tactile cue when he's not looking at me. Like, so like training a deaf dog to a large extent is no different than training a hearing dog. Right. Like, like I remember one time I had a, I had a young uh, employee named Jared and uh, he was learning to be a trainer and he had a lot of, he had a lot of skill. He eventually went into IT where he could make real money. Um, but uh, he had a lot of skill. He, he had the potential to be a really good trainer and I was really disappointed to see him, you know, 
go somewhere else. Like, yeah. but he was good at IT too. Like he loved that too. It wasn't like he left one passion for another. He had a passion for both and he went to the passion where he had the shortest route to security. You know, he was just yeah, married. That's and not like, dog training for sure. No. Right. There's, exactly. there's no short route to riches in dog training. Right. <laughs> well, none, no ethical ones. Exactly. Right. That, that's, <laughs> That was so for us, for <laughs> us, there's not one. Yeah. yeah. So, so, but Jared had his first deaf dog. Like I gave him, like one of the dogs came in, it was deaf. And then like, you know, go train this dog. I can't remember, I can't remember that dog's name now. That makes me sad. Um, but I can, that makes I can me sad the dog. too when I can't remember a dog's name or a person's name, but more so dog names. I forget people's names all the time. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but uh, I can remember, I can picture the dog i can see him in my head he was a he was a uh an aussie and uh um he was deaf which a deaf aussie are like what like, like what are the odds right <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, totally so so anyway <laughs> um uh but he's out working with him and he's not talking to the dog like he's not talking to him. he's working with the dog he's i told him train it just like you were another dog but he's not talking and i'm watching him and after about 10 minutes and jerry talked to the fucking dog he goes, but he can't hear. I said, but your lack of language yeah. is changing your mannerisms. Like you yep. don't realize how much what you do is in what you say. So just talk to him like he can hear you. Assume he can hear you. Right. So you don't change much. Like the, the reason people get in trouble with deaf dogs is they change everything because they think the dog is deaf. Right. Dogs are super adaptive and deaf dogs learn ways to figure it out. Right. Um, and so you don't have to do a lot. But the one drawback to a deaf dog is you cannot give them any information unless they're looking at you. Right. Right. The dog is 10 yards away. How do you tell him to come when called if he can't hear you? Right. Yep. So the, the e-collar provides a solution that we can cue him with the collar. Stimulation means look at me. Right. So and, and, and that's super, super valuable. Like like that, that like even if they succeeded in banning e-collars, I would like to think they'd, they'd someone would allow for an exception for deaf dogs. Yeah. Because, because that's. And I think that's 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 really valuable. But anyway, I mean, I hope they don't succeed in banning them because I, I, you know, I understand why people want to ban them. I understand the ignorance that's behind it, the lack of information. And I understand that there's, like, there's a lot of there's a lot of really shitty e-car work online for people to yes. look at and yep. and follow. And, and if you want to find examples of dogs being treated poorly with e-cars, that will make you want to see it's them out all there. It's, they, yeah. it's out there, like, and you can find yeah. it very easily. Yeah. And sometimes, honestly, guys, sometimes I feel that way when I see some of those videos. I said, maybe it would be better if we just outlawed them, like because I can train without them. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, sure. and 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 I mean, I don't really believe that, but there's parts where just the, the yeah. mountain that we have to climb to overcome the 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 ease at which somebody who's got a terrible read on dogs and no empathy for the dog can make themselves look like a rock star mm-hmm. by just saying "fuck you, do it" or "I'm going to make it hurt," like it really it really sort of frustrates me a great deal mm-hmm. and uh you know and i don't know what the solution is obviously i'm not for tool yeah, bands at all sure, but but, sure. but there's sometimes where i go i get it i understand no, but I'm, anyway. I'm with you same like yeah. sometimes i'm like yeah maybe maybe we should you know it's, yeah. it would yeah. suck a lot it would limit a lot of dogs lives i think a lot of dogs would get put down but you know Maybe there'd be less assholes, yeah. but I don't think the assholes go away when you ban no. the tools. Yeah, they'll just find they'll no. just find other ways to be assholes. Yeah. Right. right. Um, so so let's go back to Sully. Tell us about Sully yeah. who you're training right now. Yeah, so uh so Sully came in for um the virtual program that I just described and 
and he had to take a break for some reason. Like there was like a two week break where I didn't get to work with him. And, uh, and then when, uh, he came back, I saw him with new eyes and I, and I, and I actually, I actually had to look at his old, his last video to see what I worked on last time. Cause even though I took notes, I wanted to like get a visual and I looked at the visual, the video. And I realized he didn't really understand the collar based on the video mm-hmm. I had done. Like he was, he was kind of guessing at it, but there was no confidence in his movement. And I, I kind of kicked myself cause I didn't know how I'd missed that in real time. Mm-hmm. But going back in the video, I was like, yeah, he's not where I thought he was. So I, I told his owner, listen, I'm going to start over the condition of the collar from scratch. And so we started doing that. And uh, so I use this, I generally use this sequence of tap plus leash pressure to get the dog looking at me. Then I release the button and reward. Like tap, leash pressure, look, release, reward. So the 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 instead of making the start of the button the 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 reward event, the end of the button is a reward event. Mm. Right. Right. Yeah. So so but the start of the button is necessary for the end of the button. So the idea is they they feel the button, they get excited about the end that's coming, and right. Dopamine so, you know, jackpot. Yeah, yeah, real basic stuff, real basic stuff. Nothing, nothing too complex. And I don't know why I made this change because I don't, I didn't make a decision to do it. It may have been just a timing issue, but one time he looked at me and then I hit the button and brought him in with the leash. And I said, I'm gonna, I, I like the way that felt like internally something made sense about that. And I couldn't quite, uh, I couldn't quite, uh, um, let me take her collar off. I don't know if you can hear that, but she's. Yeah, she, it's a little jangly. It's not too yeah, bad, I'll, but I can hear well, it. Well, she was, she was just, she's looking for dinner. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and her food bowl is empty. And she's, she, she got a, she got a really, we'll really heavy, really heavy tag. Oh, nice. It's a little so, Texas. It's a little Texas. It's really This cute. was given to me. This was given to me by another trainer, Aww. Jen Saban. And it's got her name and phone number on the back. That's Aww. cute. So. Now we have your number. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I think I already have your number anyway, so it doesn't matter. You, know, you could have asked for it. I would have given it to you. Like, <laughs> like, 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 like I know you well enough to share my number with you. Like I'm not, I'm not like a, I'm not like yeah. a phone number snob. But yeah, anyway, totally. but anyway, so uh, I hit the button like after he looked at me and then he came in and I, something about that just felt right to me. Something about that just felt right to me. And yeah. so, uh, I just started playing with it. And it, what happened was he started looking at me on his own more frequently. And I realized at that moment that what I had done was I, I told him, it was, yeah, it's a good idea to look at me. Right. 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 So this isn't it, only it, something that happens when you're not looking at me. This can, mm-hmm. yes. it's me. It's me. It's great. It's yeah. me. You, you can turn the, you can start this reward event by looking at me. Right. 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 I like that. And, and so he starts seeking it out and he's suddenly getting more and more interested in training. And I was like, that's really cool. And then I sent the same page I sent to you, uh, to, uh, a, a couple other trainer friends of mine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, Tethel Walton, who is a great trainer, amazing trainer. You should try and get her on the pod, on the podcast. Too. She's, yeah. she's, she's, I've, really I've never, uh, I've never had the pleasure of talking to her. I don't know if you have Courtney, but I, I've heard a lot of good things about her. Mm-mm. Yeah. She, she, she is the best kept secret in obedience, in my opinion. Like, cool. like we should have her like, on. She has yeah. such a cool name too. Yeah. On top yeah. of that. Like, I mean, I know it's superficial as fuck, but still. <laughs> yeah. no, she, she, she is, she is in my opinion, the best kept secret in the obedience world. Like, 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 like 
you know, watching her dog Aries heal. It's just like, it's like poetry and emotion. Like, it's just beautiful. Cool. Like, uh, but anyway, uh, she, uh, I sent it to her and she wrote back and she's like, you know, yeah, I've been using the collar as a, as a, something positive for a long time too. And I, and at first I was like, wait, wait, you didn't get it. Right. So like <laughs> really like, cause I was using a positive before, but this changes something different. And as I started typing the message and say, no, 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 but this is different. I realized that actually this was the logical conclusion of the idea of using the collar as a positive. In other words, if we're going to say we use the collar as a clicker, right? Mm-hmm. The clicker, you wait for the dog to do the thing, then you click. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don't click them to get them to do it. Right. I mean, at some point you do, or you can, depending on the training style. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, right. like, right. like when Pat clicks for me eats, you know what I'm saying? Like you can, yeah. you can, but, but you don't start that way. You start by clicking when they do the thing you want them to do. Mm-hmm, or right. whatever right and so it was like this and so i, I so i sent her i so i deleted that whole message and i said i was going to write to you that no no this is different but as i wrote it i realized that it wasn't different but this is actually a full realization of that idea and she wrote back and she goes she goes no what you're doing is good and i hadn't thought about using using it that way like so i thought she was saying yeah i'm already doing that but she wasn't Mm-hmm. right but but she's like that's a great idea and, and so this was where i went oh like there's this fear that every dog trainer who's in the public eye should have if they don't they're they're kind of not i don't think they're very uh sensitive to what's going on around them but there's this fear that you come out with something new that you're really excited about and you go this is my new thing blah 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 and someone goes oh joe johnson was doing mm-hmm. that 10 years ago yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's in this book. It's in this book. Like I got this book right here that says it. Like, like you, you want if you if you if you label something as your own, you want it to be your own. You don't want to be copying somebody. Um, and parallel development is the thing that happens. So, right. like, one of the reasons why I send that out to a lot, large group of people is to see if somebody goes, "Oh, that reminds me of what so and so is doing," yeah. right? And then you look into it and you see whether it's the same or not. Like I, I ripped off Larry Crone one time and didn't know it. Yeah, like, right. And and it was a client who yeah. told me. It was That's a client. So funny. Told, literally, a guy comes in. And I said, "Well, listen, let me show you this that I'm working with uh, on your dog." And he goes, "You know, I saw Larry Crone do that in a video two months ago." And I literally sent the video. I sent it to Larry. I said, "Larry, are you doing this?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so thank God I didn't go out and promote this as my brand new idea. But yeah. I, that's another thing too, is because I, I do am in the public eye so much because I do have so much content that people follow. I really don't spend a lot of time looking at other people's work because right. I don't want to be like, again, like authors don't read manuscripts, right? right? If you if you send a manuscript to a uh, fiction author and say, Hey, can you tell me about this book? They don't read it because they don't want to inadvertently steal. Right. Because mm-hmm. like once you read it, it's in the back of your head, it will come out sometimes later. So I try not to watch other people's yeah. stuff, which limits my growth to some degree. But at the same time, it makes it really fun and challenging. Like I do watch some stuff. Don't get me wrong. I'm, but I'm sure. very particular yeah. about what I watch. And, and, and um, like I don't just like I tend to scroll past other people's dog training videos. Yeah. To, to be 100 percent honest, I watched more of your stuff after someone asked me if I was doing it the Chad Mackin way than I had before um, because you know, I hadn't seen, I think it was teaching a dog, leave it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't seen the way you taught that, but I found a way to teach it that I thought worked well. And I don't know what influence, I mean, I've been collecting information from other dog trainers and mm-hmm. working with dogs for like 10 years. So I don't know. I just learned 
that was a good yeah. way to do it. But then yeah. when they brought you up, I was like, oh, I've heard of that guy, you know? And then I looked up more of your videos and I was like, oh yeah, he's a good trainer. This is cool. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, it's very weird because we all suffer from imposter syndrome a little bit. I yeah. think. Oh like, yes. You know, I'm crippled they, by it sometimes. <laughs> you know, I have, I have, I have taught the United States, Canada, UK, Australia. I mean, I've been flown literally all over the world to teach people how I do things. Um, and when I was in the UK, I had people come from Poland, uh, Belgium, uh-huh. Spain. I had a guy fly when I did a workshop here in Chicago way back, like 2009. I had a guy fly in from Ireland yeah, wow. just for that workshop and then fly back home. Like he came in like Thursday, left Monday morning. Like he just came in for the two day workshop. And, uh, and, it's, and I've had shadow students come from Australia and, uh, 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 Slovenia. I had a shadow student come from Slovenia. That's like, cool. so, so like, like I have arrived, like I am right You're there. You did it. You're, yeah. <laughs> People know but you, I, man. <laughs> but I still, I still a lot of times feel like I'm just some guy who's making shit up as he goes. Uh-huh. Right. And, yep. and. And, but the truth is everybody is. Yeah. I was going to say, that's kind of what it feels like. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Ivan's a guy who's making up shit as he goes. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Like, like he's, he, it's not like somebody handed Ivan some Holy scroll from on high and right. he's just disseminating that. Like he's just figuring shit out as he goes and he's just really good at it. Yeah. You know, all yep. the big names like, like, and I'm not, and please don't get me wrong. I'm not putting myself in Ivan's category in any way, shape or form. Like, sure. like there's a tier of superstars and I don't belong in that tier. Like, like, like he's, he's the arena band and I'm like the touring club band. The guy who gets to uh, go on tour with the headliner. Does that no, make me like that. the person playing in the subway? Like, <laughs> no, 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 so, so, no, no, like, 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 so, so like there's the there's the touring there's the touring club band who goes and they do a featured set like they go in they they play forty five minutes and then there's like the bar band who plays like all night you know and mm-hmm. they're just playing covers you know like they they might squeeze in one original song but they're not playing their stuff they're just you know they're playing the songs that drunk people want to hear they're the yeah. entertainment nobody's going for the band except for their friends they're just like that's so I'm in the next tier up from that like people are coming to see me people are like you know like like people ha- are familiar with my work. Um, like to go on a complete, complete tangent, uh, non-related. I was fortunate enough to see Pantera play at a club in Houston nice. before they be, be, right before they became Pantera. Oh, like, wow. That's the cool. Cowboys, the Cowboys from Hell, Hell album had been released or had been recorded, but not released yet. They were playing the songs off Cowboys from Hell that nobody knew. That's wow. so and, cool. And that was the album that broke them over. So I saw them at a, like a real small club and that was a fun show. But anyway, that's cool. but that's what I'm thinking is I'm at that level. I'm not yeah. going to get to, I don't, I don't believe I'm going to be the stadium level because to do that, you got a podium mm-hmm. and I don't compete. So I'll never podium. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but, but you know, I'm, I'm happy with the point I'm getting at is that even with all of that, I still sometimes. Hold on. My yeah, no worries. Oh, no worries. 
Well, actually, on that note, <laughs> since your AirPods died, we're actually out of time for our episode. So if you guys want to hear more, um, we're, we're going to go right into uh, another episode. So check out our Patreon. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash super serious dog podcast. Um, you can also email us questions if you have suggestions for guests you'd like to have on the show or anything like that. Um, if you want to check out Chad Mack and stuff, maybe you've never heard of him before, right? Because he's he's just he's just made his big break. Right. Uh, or about about <laughs> he, to debut. He's just a guy. He's just a guy. <laughs> just you a know, guy. Um, you can check out his YouTube channel. He's got lots of great stuff on there. Um, he's also um, he writes a lot of really, really great articles um, that I often share with tons of my clients. Um, you know, so you can check that out on Facebook just by following him. Um, but again, thank you so much, Chad, for being on our show. It's been really fun. And I can't wait to talk to you more in our Patreon episode. So. Yeah. Thank you so much, Chad. Thank you for having me.